everybody. Welcome to podcast number four for Flow State featuring uh, Ben and Naz. We're getting good at this We're now, huh? This. Yeah, that was that smooth. <laughs> uh, we have a special guest today, someone who I've known for quite a while, and uh, his name is Scott Ferris. Welcome, Scott. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. That's okay. Scott's here today to talk to us about sacrifices and risk-taking. Um, since I've met Scott, he's been a businessman of sorts. I'll let him tell his own story, but... What we're trying to talk about today and relate back to how hard work pays off and the fact that uh, not everyone's going to agree with your grind. Um, would you agree with that, Scott? Yeah, totally. 100%. Cool. So before we get started, um, thanks again for coming along. We've got some questions to ask you very soon. But first of all, tell us a bit about what you do, um, how it all came about. You can start wherever you like, but um, we just want to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, sure. Well, I uh, basically what I do at the moment is club events, MMA events, and sometimes investment, property investment. But it all started back, you know, I was originally uh, a scaffolder. I started scaffolding when I was 18, and within a couple of years I was running the company, and I was probably the youngest person in the industry running a multi-million dollar business as a general manager. And um, I got that just through having common sense and working hard. And it's crazy how far that can get you in any industry. Mm. Uh, it's pretty simple, you know, equation. But I ran that till I was about 25, so seven years. I was in the scaffolding industry, in construction, and uh, had a burning desire for music the whole time and a passion and uh, for music. And uh, I eventually quit my job. To which was a lot of money and a car and a phone, and back yeah. then phone bills were six hundred a month, <laughs> eight hundred a month. <laughs> yeah, like that was crazy. And so I was on a really good deal, but the inside passion was burning, you know, to to just live a different life. Cool. So I quit and became a started learning DJ. Were your family upset about that? Did, did you have? Like, were you married at the time? Did you have no, kids? No, no, no. I was single. I uh, I was single my whole twenties. So if I can give any young man advice out there, stay single. <laughs> stay single in your twenties. <laughs> it's all right. That's Naz's favorite advice too. <laughs> it is. Um, and no, look, my mum was a little bit more. Hey, do what you want. Follow your passion. Dad was a bit more that rich dad, poor dad uh, theory. So he was stay in a job and be secure and secure your future. Uh, but the, I felt like it was always about a balance. When I was 20, I bought a property. Uh, wow. Instead of, I mean, back then, you saved $7,000 and put a deposit on a property. So sure. I bought a property as a 20-year-old, and I saved up another year to buy a second property, mm. and I ended up using that to go around the States by myself. So I traveled the States for four or five weeks by myself. I wish I spent that. Sometimes I wish I spent that on the second house, because now it would, be, it would have been worth it, but the experience of just, you know doing something else and traveling yeah, yeah. I guess balanced it so uh, having bought a property uh, when I was young at 20 and then 25 quitting my job uh, you know I felt like I had that secure background in case I stuffed up but it was time to step out and, and follow uh, what was you know well growing passion you know my passion was growing yeah, for a different course. different uh, future so yeah and um, at the age of 25 was mm -hmm. there anything in particular that happened that caused you to make that decision? I, I Did you just wake up one no, morning and be like, enough of this? I or? tell you what, I, I used to, and I, I was telling Ben this, I used to, as a scaffolder, you drive around your truck or you, and I'd see people 
going to movies and sitting at cafes at midday on a Wednesday or Tuesday, and I used to envy that so much. Yeah, and it the wasn't freedom. Be, the freedom. I just wanted to be able to, you know, like we all say the same, we work 80 hours to avoid working 40 hour a week for somebody else, and that's all I wanted to do. And um, I was staying, I had a friend that was a real workaholic as well, and he would have a day job, but he'd be up till two or three every morning doing his music and other things. And I used to look at that and he used to tell me he put that over sleep and he put the priority of that over his day job. And I thought, you know what? Like, what the hell am I sleeping for? What do I need eight, nine hours of sleep for? Like, let's have five hours of sleep and spend more time on my passion. So uh, I was up at two o'clock in the morning. I watched an infomercial with Anthony Robbins. Yeah. So uh, he was on there and he was talking about following your passion, right. living your life. <laughs> what was his first thing called? The, um, I mean, it's Giant Within and, yeah. and Personal the, uh, Power. Personal Power. Yeah, it was yeah. Personal Power. So okay. I bought that DVD pack that <laughs> night. So I was, you know, I was, um, you know, I'd, I'd spent all my money on my property and, and wasn't, I was making money, but I, I didn't have a lot. But I spent 250 that night. On credit card, made commercial, in, yeah, in and bought and bought yeah. the Anthony Robbins pack. Listened to it over the next uh, two weeks and quit my job. Well, know, does that, he, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, Scott. Does that mean that uh, just mm. very quickly, you've placed an importance on investing in yourself? Hundred percent. Over, I, you know, yeah. we've known each other a little while. We both don't walk around in the flashiest gear, and mm -hmm. you know that we don't have. You've got no jewelry on. No. <laughs> it certainly doesn't mean you can't afford it. Sure. But do you put more of a, I guess, appreciation on? putting the money that you could put towards a nice bracelet on something for yourself that grows the mind? Of course, like, I advise everybody to go to these. There's a lot of seminars and a lot of talks on And Look, a lot of them are three hours and then they're going to try to upsell you to a masterclass. But I'll go to it to get one or two gems. Yeah, sure. And that can change my path on decision-making in business. Sure. Just hearing, because they give you a few little things mm. and then they say, hey, buy three, $5,000 pack for a month, right? <laughs> which and is good like, business. Yeah, which, yeah. and I'm like, I'm out. But I've got a couple of cool things. I made some notes. Yeah. And so 100%, like you can sit and watch Game of Thrones or whatever, or you can go out and do a three-hour seminar on digital marketing for your business or on, on um, you know, any sort of growth. Cool. Uh, for your mental state or anything or watch YouTube videos yep. on yep. stuff instead of the other things okay. and back then I invested money in that and that changed my life I mean I struggled then super struggled for the next year or two yeah. as a DJ okay. but I loved it so most you know being and a DJ oh sorry how's you go um, I was just going to say back then obviously the investment was money and that was significant or that might have been a challenge at the time mm -hmm. I imagine now the tough thing to invest for someone like yourself would be time. Yeah. Do you still make sure that you allocate a certain amount of time each week to upskilling or working yeah. on yourself? And if so, what sort of things do you do to help well, that? Right now, we're lucky enough to have uh, YouTube and you know the internet at the level it's at, so you can find most things online. Uh, free of charge. Yeah, free of charge. So I, I spend, a, like, I'll see a course come up and I'll just go, you know, I'm going to see that someone's recorded that course on YouTube. Yeah. And I'll sit home and do it. Yeah. And uh, I use an app called Udemy, which is yeah. U-D-E-M-Y, and it's um, short courses. And I'll do that. Like, if I haven't done something for a month, I'll think of my weakness, where I'm lacking, whether it's yeah. leadership, whether it's, uh, you know, digital marketing, whether it's, learning drop shipping if I'm yeah. thinking about and I'll just do a course on drop shipping while I'm driving to yeah. the coast one day. Fantastic. Next thing I've done a, I've done a course over a month yeah. on 
on whatever subject you want. So I'll do that instead of listening to music at the moment. You know, I'll listen to, or instead of making phone calls, I'll do that. And I'll spend extra time, uh, you know, now you can lay in bed and put headphones yeah. on and do any of this stuff. So <laughs> that, I'm sure my ears are going to fall off from doing that every night. <laughs> that midnight till 3am is the time I'll spend Excellent. mucking around with that stuff. Does this mean that, um, so, so you said you were struggling for about a year mm-hmm. during that period was there any time that you considered uh, going back to your job was there any was there any adversity that you hit that made you want to quit it was really complicated because I was super super happy but okay. super super stressed okay. yeah, because I wasn't paying bills because I was living in a nice big house I rented and the bills started coming in and the money wasn't coming in I was earning $150 a week $120 a week DJ which was $20 an hour six hours I would only get every second hour to DJ so I'd do it two nights to make $120 but I was so happy and I was collecting music and uh, eating noodles eating noodles and (laughs) in a big house that I had a lease on I couldn't get out so I put some friends in other in the other rooms and and I survived and I borrowed money off my parents or sorry I borrowed money from my house I invested in so I would pull out 10 grand to survive from that investment I made five years ago and uh you know, I survived and then the, um, I figured a way out. I saw some people making money in, in mixtapes. Sure, yeah. And um, I went down that route and, and released some mixtapes. And, yeah. and back then, or you know, they were... CDs? Yeah. Yeah, or CDs. Well. So. Did you sell them at the markets or what? Or how'd you yeah. get them? How would I get my hands on them? We would sell a t-shirt yeah. and you'd get a free CD with uh, it. Yeah. We weren't allowed to sell CDs then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So it went through, we went through a good period and, and um, I dug myself out of trouble and and, um, and became a, I wouldn't say a popular DJ, but became sort of, I knew a lot of people in the scene. Yeah. So I got offered a, a better DJ gig, which was paying $700 a week oh, somewhere yeah, else. So, and so. I went Brisbane? Over, yeah, in Brisbane. Yeah. I went over there and started doing that with DJ Maxwell. Uh, him and I, he was already at the new venue and he got me over there. And, yeah. and uh, we started DJing there. And, that probably um, leads me to my first question. Hmm. Um, so in terms of how you had that ebb and flow of money, mm-hmm. the hard times and good times, and you dug your way out of the hard situation, did you think that, in hindsight obviously, because you wouldn't know at the time, yeah. but did your positive or negative thinking, depending on how things were, did that have an effect on what then came about for you? Do you believe that the way that you thought about things? Yeah, 100%. I never, like, I never thought there was an, any other way but going where I wanted to go. Okay. I was 100% focused on... Because it was a driving passion or something that I'd figured out I was knew more about than most people and I was better at than most people, not yeah. DJing, but better at music knowledge. Sure. And it was something that I could spend hours studying and learning. So I was always like, there was no, no other option but to go that and I never ever looked back. And, and that's just that young hunger as a young man. And you keep that hunger it's hard. Yeah. <clears throat> it's hard, I'll be honest. When you get... And, you know, later on you see other young, hungry 20-year-olds and you kind of envy that they... Because you've been through a bunch of failures over a bunch of businesses and you can't help but to start thinking, what if this next one fails? And it becomes something that can eat you up if you're not careful. So you've got to continuously train your mind to be positive, remember how you were and remember that uh, you've got plenty of time to fix it. So 
as a, even at the age I'm at now, I thought, wow, it's getting a bit late to fix stuff. But <clears throat> you quickly start learning that there is time. Yeah. I guess um, you said that obviously throughout your career there would be certain things or certain businesses that you would refer to as failures. Mm -hmm. However, if you could look back right now, would you wish that any of those had succeeded or gone differently? Or are you thankful for the lessons that you've learned in those so-called failures? Yep. Because surely they would have had some influence on where you actually you ended learn, up today. You learn way more than in your failures. And if I could give anyone advice, if you're running a business or if you're young, as a, find mentors and ask them about their failures. Like, ask the basic ways of their winning formula, but go into depth about everything they lost. Like, when I run clubs now and I speak to other bar owners and club owners, all I ask them is, like, you know, what stuffed up that club or bar or where did you lose money and why because that's where I'm going to learn my lessons. And uh, what's his, uh, what's McGregor's coach's name? John Kevin. Uh, yeah, you, you never lose, you learn. And yeah. his book, and it's so true. It's, uh, I, sadly enough, I kind of look forward to failures now. <laughs> I yeah. can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, let's do this, let's fail. <laughs> yeah. Because I want to yeah. learn. That's really Because you're going to learn a lot quicker. Um, and you know that it only takes one win to, to get back on top. So... Uh, as a family man, mm -hmm. how do you feel about the idea that those failures though could affect your your young family and your and your partner? Is there is that is that another driving force or motivating factor? For yeah, you? yeah, a hundred percent. It's 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 something where with my family, uh, my wife is amazing, and she we've had that conversation like that. My obsession is business and work, and instead of spending time on cars or drinking or other things, that you know, my spare time is still working because <laughs> that's my that's my um, downtime is building businesses and, and following my because every business I do is based on a passion that I have so it's never feels like work and they uh, I believe they have an amazing life and and I've told them like like let me do this and you know we'll have all have a good life and and yeah, we go through some hard times, especially in the club scene. You can have a successful club for two or three years and then you have six months without a venue. Okay. And, you know, you've got to struggle. You've got to look for the next thing and the next thing doesn't work. You've got to, you've got to keep working. You've got to make a decision at some stage. Uh, when do you go back to doing something secure or do you keep following your passion? And uh, I guess the truth is is that I'm, I've made property investments as I was growing up and... I can always fall back on them. So That's that was super important to my life is making those investments and getting yeah, my yeah. foundation done so I can feel... And when I say foundation, I mean money-wise and my family-wise. Like, I also tell young men that, you know, stay single in your 20s, but when you get a good woman, like, really commit to them and build that foundation because you'll go uh, further than ever with a good family so, behind you than you would, like, you know. And people are like, well... They get a girl and they, you know, they, they stop doing work or they, they and that's just the wrong girl. You yeah. gotta get someone that, that understands that's you. That's not the way of the superior man. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, uh, growing up through your twenties, um, you were in the club scene a lot, DJing mm -hmm. and all the rest of it. Was it difficult for you to stay on track and always put your goals first rather than getting caught up in the lifestyle? Obviously, being in the clubs all the time and the temptations associated with that. Sure. For me, no. I, I've, always, I've always been really self-aware and always been a bit of an analyzer. So any situations that happen at any time, I'm over-analyzing it. I'm figuring out why this dude 
like lost his family or why this guy lost his job or why this guy's not succeeding and I'll work it out in my head and I'll watch him for weeks so I was always a little bit weirdo like analyzing stuff like that <laughs> and it's always yeah. the club <laughs> <laughs> it's always the club and and I've never been a real party guy yeah. uh, in the clubs and I've always because I just wanted to survive and 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 a lot of people fall by the wayside by in club scene if they don't focus so I was always pretty focused on on getting it right, and I just my focus was the people in the venue, not me. Yeah. You know, I want to make sure they had a good time, and the music was right, and everything was right, and the atmosphere was right, and that was my focus was them as a you know as a business owner. And so, would you say that's still your main focus, which is why you've branched out into the mixed martial arts events and stuff? Because having met you and spoken to you a few times, mm -hmm. the way you carry yourself is not in line with the stereotype yeah. of a promoter yeah. for yeah. either nightclub events or mixed martial arts events. Because sure. a lot of those people seem to be doing it for the show, yeah. for the lifestyle, for the recognition. Mm -hmm. But you seem to be a very humble person. So, is your passion behind it formed from? giving people something they enjoy or what drives you to do what you do? I just want to see, I guess when it comes to mixed martial arts, I just want to see a good show. I just want to give people, like you, getting feedback is not hard and understanding what people want and looking at the best shows in the world and figuring out the best way to do it. I just want to, like, I don't want to be in the limelight. I'm yeah. rarely in the cage, rarely getting photos. I just want to... I, you've got to put the brand and logo first before yourself. And and same with the clubs and same with the mixed martial arts. Um, it's got to be about the fighters and it's, and it's got to be about survival sometimes in that scene. Like it, it's something that's not really spoken of much, but, you know, most promoters in MMA, I always have a, you know, a theory that no one is making money. The promoters right. don't make money. The fighters don't make money. The gyms don't make money. Sponsors rarely get you know, their return. There's no one making money in the scene, so we're all in it for the same reason. That's to survive and because follow our passions because we love yeah. it. And we just need to survive. So uh, the thing is you get caught up sometimes into spending extra money on making the event good. And is that a reputation thing? Is that because <coughs> you want to be, rather than perhaps make that extra 5K that you wouldn't spend yeah. on the lighting, for example, yeah. do you spend that 5K knowing that it then means people remember Scott being it, it, a good promoter? 100% is legacy. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's about... And it, it's a tough decision. It's a really tough decision. And we've made the decision a lot of times is to spend any profit we're going to make to make sure the show is good. Yeah. And you just want that. You just want that reputation. But you also just want to make sure the show is good. But it's tough. Sometimes, you know, it, yeah, it's difficult and you've got to... You, but you've got to put on a good show. Like I'd feel embarrassed not to get those things right. Yeah. And unfortunately, you got to spend the money to get those things right. Yeah. And it's it's something that you know a lot of people in my inner circle are like, why do you drive yourself crazy doing this MMA stuff? You know, it doesn't make money. And it's a lot of work, but it's something I'm super proud of. Cool. And it's something that uh, you know later on, and and to me, it's about creating stories and and looking back and knowing that I created this is really rewarding. So. Coming back to the way that you think, um, I've got a question in regards to, I guess it's a, a, a spirituality thing for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I like to think that if I can have some control of, over my emotions and some control over the things that I think daily, mm -hmm. that I can then change my path for the better. And if I don't tend to those things, if I don't 
be aware of my emotions and, and be aware of the things that I subconsciously think about, yeah. um, that I may not manifest the exact things that I want. I read a recent study that says that we have around 60,000 thoughts every day. Yeah. 95% of those are subconscious thoughts that we don't have any control over. They're simply beliefs. Mm -hmm. That being said, is there anything that you do to sort of, I guess, change your belief systems? If you find yourself in a situation where you're getting the same negative thing happen over and over, or mm -hmm. where you catch yourself, um, let's use an example, maybe exercise. Yep. Given your busy lifestyle, mm -hmm. and we've spoken about this before, you mm -hmm. probably don't have as much time as you'd like to to tend to yourself, sure. to your physical self. Yep. That's a belief thing, and we've spoken about that before. Yep. Are you in the process of, or have you thought about how you might be able to change those beliefs and have you done that for anything else that you've changed your beliefs on to make yourself uh, have a better I guess experience yeah it's what I'm learning lately is is I'm putting a lot of emphasis on the word energy in my life and right. uh, I started to have a lot of negative energy just just thinking ah oh, a lot of people let you down in business and you start getting, <laughs> you start getting negative. Real you start, laugh yeah. as it's happening. <laughs> and, uh, and you just got to remember that you got to have energy because sometimes that's all you can do. When I wake up in the morning and I'm tired and I, you, you know, my wife's bouncing around the house and the kids and you just got to remember, you just got to get up and get into it. And it's been tough lately, but... I'm on that path that you're speaking about right now. I'm actually trying to figure it out. In the past, it was easier. You just go, hey, switch. You know, like you could just switch. And as you get older, it gets tougher. So it's something that what I've done to help myself is obviously vision boards are really important to me. And for years, every year I've done a, a vision board, which is cutting out pictures and putting on cardboard and putting in my room. This year I did a different one where... I drew 2017, I drew lines going out each way and, and the important parts of my life and then the important parts in, in, uh, inside them that I have to focus on. And I've just got to remember to look at them every day and, and remind yourself of the things that you need to refocus on. And um, I, think it, I think it's just daily affirmations. You have to have, you have to figure out where you're going and your exact target and you have to make notes of things that need to get there and you need to be resilient you need the will because having the want to do it and if you base things on feelings feelings change but you need to have the will you know you need to just and that's hard you know it's not easy and i think for me personally to stay focused is the vision board is looking at that and reminding myself as i leave the house the things i've got to do and and subconsciously is decisions you make when you get phone calls or you get in discussions or whatever those decisions are um, based on your goals. You've yeah. got to make the decision based on where you're going. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a really tough thing to do. But yeah. Have you had to learn to say no? Yeah, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> I was always a bit... I'm very compassionate towards people. Yeah. Yeah. So people can really hurt me or do stupid stuff and I'll forgive them really quick yeah. because I understand what a... I feel like I have a, a skill that I can understand other people really easily and they can do really bad things that I would never do, but I can't understand why they did it. I'll yes. figure it out. I'll go, I know why you did it. And a lot of people around me don't like me. It's so compassionate. But unfortunately, that's the way I am. So, um, 
you just got to... But lately I'm learning to just cut that sort of bad energy out of my okay. life and, and have no problem just moving on from... Excellent. From it's interesting. Things. It's interesting that you do say that because Naz and I had a conversation, I think it was yesterday, about uh, not continuing to worry about what other people think. Yeah. Naz, can you tell us... Like, just elaborate on that for the listeners. Yeah, I guess what we were talking about to not get too deep into it because it's something that we could speak about for ages is the way we see our life and the way we see ourselves is completely unique mm -hmm. we can never ever expect anyone else to see anything the same way we do like if we both look at this microphone yeah. we both see it differently because obviously in your music life that probably has a lot more meaning mm -hmm. than it does to me and it symbolizes a lot of things sure. so when it comes to business or it comes to life we often find people we connect with because that's our human nature yeah. and we connect with them or share a few similarities and we end up thinking that they see the world exactly as we do yeah. and then when yeah. they do something that's out of line yeah. with the vision of life that we, we have created for ourselves mm -hmm. we feel hurt and we feel let down rather than realizing that they're just doing what's in line with where they want to sure. be and the fact that they're making that decision is meaning no ill intent towards us. It's just them putting their own vision first and we should accept that yeah. and do the same with us and not worry about what everyone else is thinking about us because the way we see things is completely unique. Yeah. No, I agree. And when you see this crazy genius people doing you know successful things and you just know they never look behind them they never worry about what anyone's doing look at sportsmen yeah. that are top of their game in the world like yeah. it's it's such a focus that they have and you've got to remain on that path and you also got to understand you're right like understanding is really important just understanding where other people are coming from that they don't mean ill will they just they may not understand your story and I think it comes down to communication too. We've got to speak to people, especially when it comes to staff and business. You've got to let them know your vision, let them know your ideas, and if they're not in the same path, then there might be an issue down the track. So I think it's, uh, it's definitely people are, are different in the world and, and you've got to learn how to handle it as well. You've you got to, otherwise you, you're going to... You fade away. Yeah, you really do. And you get too frustrated and, and you just need to figure out that's them and that's how it is and you make the decision whether you want them as part of your journey or not and continue on yeah. your path and e either, either yeah, way yeah that's right you have to okay. I mean it's still you got to be you there's no you got to be the truth there's no other options right very well said. you can't change like you just got to be you very well said so I've got a couple more questions before we go mm -hmm. one of them is quite important music based mm -hmm. who's on your iPod right now who are you listening to uh I ha either listen to 90s or I listen to brand brand new stuff. Okay. It's hard for me to sort of catch anything. So, yeah. like right now, like, I'm going to be honest, man, I'm in a slow jam mode. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm just in 90s slow jams at the moment. Uh, but I've also, the last week, I've, I've gone back to 80s yeah. funk. Yeah. Because a lot of that is getting uh, rehashed with Bruno Mars and, and a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah, cool. So. I've fallen back into that late 80s. Well, tough, tough question. Yeah. And you don't, you know, you <laughs> might change this later on. This is subject to change. Yeah. Top three 90s R&B artists. See, for Big me question, personally, right? they're not, I wouldn't, they're not the best, but my personal top yeah. ones would be 
LL Cool J. Yeah. Bobby Brown. Wow. And... Oh, man. Oh, this is... Uh, <laughs> I told you it was a big question. <laughs> Just say Joe Thomas and we'll be fine. <laughs> Probably Luther Vandross. Great. Great. Uh, uh, you know what? Jodeci. As a promoter now, mm-hmm. if you could work with one artist alive and put dead. on a show for them, alive or dead, who uh, and why? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Like, I'd have to probably say Tupac. And the reason I say Tupac is because a lot of this generation didn't get to understand him and his passion and his drive and his... Um, you know, different personalities, yeah. and I feel like a lot of us have a lot of that in it. But I would just like to bring him back to show this young generation like real passion, <laughs> and that's you know. <laughs> so, that being said, have you got anything coming up in the pipeline that the listeners can can know about, like particularly the people in Queensland? Um, yeah, I have a club starting in two weeks. We finally, uh, for a long time, a long time friend of mine and was my best friend, and and have always been good friends. Uh, they Patrick and Maxwell, who I started doing business with many years ago, yeah. they were running we were running rival clubs for a long time. They were running Mystique, we were running Magic City, and uh, we finally decided to partner up and put the best of the best in the industry. And we're starting a club called Famous, and it starts on August 12, and it's a completely renovated venue and, and experience at that no one's seen before special purpose built venue for R&B fans wow so it's something special and we launch in two weeks and and we we feel like this is going to be a big part of Brisbane's legacy and so the next five years our focus is to make sure that you know it's it's something special that people always remember so yeah that's that's the next couple weeks and whereabouts is that that's in the mall in the Valley Mall Brunswick Street Mall it's where Hot Gossip used to be Okay. So it's a complete renovation uh, and a brand new brand and brand new clubbing experience. Awesome. Yeah. My final question, and before Nas perhaps has one to finish off with, I'm not sure. If you could give some uh, advice to your 18-year-old self mm-hmm. that you didn't know, it sounds like you were pretty switched on. I mean, you got the property, you stayed single, did mm-hmm. the right thing right throughout, and this has got you to where you are now. Yep. But if there was one piece of advice that you perhaps could have given yourself that you forgot to, yep. what would it be? Uh couple of things one is is get a mentor I, I always knew to get mentors but I didn't do that till about 25 okay. so if I was I would younger start working in the field that you love for free so if you love music if you love sports I wish I'd you know I was always an NRL fan I wish I'd given my weekends at the Broncos and said hey you know I know how to do this and this I can work for free yeah. and get in those circles so I would figure out whatever your passion is and find someone that's at the top of that game and offer yourself for free for as long as you can. Um, if you have to work a day job to, to stay alive, if you can't get a day job with your passion, then get a day job that earns the most money you can, swapping your time for money and spend your nights working on your passion. So you got nine to five and then you do your seven till two in the morning. Yeah. And that's what I did for many years. I'd scaffold and I'd come home and, and do music deep music and stuff like that so I would do that I'd get a mentor I'd learn all their failures like I said I'd ask them so many questions about everything they failed and I would understand that you've got a long time left so take risks lose 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 
Uh, if you if you win, great, but you've got plenty of time to, to win again. So just go hard in your passion and, and know that, you know, you can still, you can get to 30 and, and do something that can change your life and be successful. So you've got plenty of time. I mean, geez, like, think about, like, how long we've been alive yeah, now since yeah, we're yeah. 18 and, you know, you've got so much time. So to take the risk early and, and you, you know, you can't lose. Awesome. Having said all of that, um, multiple times throughout the podcast you've mentioned the word legacy mm-hmm. so let's fast forward however many years from now Great what question. would you like to be remembered for what awesome do you want question. the legacy of Scott Ferris to be I like I like the legacy to be that I could say that I ran this top clubs in Brisbane or that you know at one stage one of the best MMA shows in Australia but the truth is uh I just want to be known as a good person, you know? I want to uh, never muck anyone around. I want my kids to know that, you know, people, when they grow up, that their dad was respected, you know? And uh, I just just want to be known as someone that always did the right thing and and went that step extra for the scene that I was involved in. Awesome. I'm really impressed. That's been a great podcast. Thank you so much for coming again today, Thank you, guys, and congrats on your business. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, That's all, everybody. So thank you for listening, and we'll be back with number five next week. Fuck, that was awesome, bro. Yeah. That was really awesome.